welcome back after our personal bye week. Paris and I have decided to join you guys again for the official review podcast. Paris is here. Greetings, all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to throw her under the bus, even though she is the reason why we didn't record last week. (laughs) I mean, with good reason. I went home to North Carolina and to my alma mater. Yeah. Uh, the university, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill was for it homecoming. homecoming? Oh, it was okay. homecoming. How was yeah, it? it was a great time. It was great. I didn't, um, you know, I think that a lot of people probably did not even know that I was at homecoming. Wow, you, kind of you hit up in. anybody? I did, but it was kind of like a, you know, like if I see you, great. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, I'm not pressed. I'm not pressed, <laughs> and it's not that I didn't want to see you. It's just that. The circumstances of this particular homecoming just didn't really allow me to move around. Like what I were the circumstances? To. I was tired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was tired. Um, I didn't have my car. I didn't have my oh, car. Okay. Cash strapped. <laughs> Yikes. You know, so, um, but to the people I saw and the people I saw who were on Instagram, Snapchat, just know that I was hugging you in They're spirit. In spirit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. On top of you going home from homecoming. The World Series ended this week, and the Houston Astros won. And when the marathon, the Boston bombings occurred, Boston ended up winning the World Series after that. So I was in my head saying that I hope Houston wins solely for that reason, the fact that they just went through this hurricane and they're still recovering from the storm. But I was like, now you have Houston strong. That gives them something to put on their back. This is actually the franchise's first World Series win, so I thought that was really cool for Houston to finally get a, a chip yeah that's um definitely something a good reawakening something to for the whole city to rally behind i mean mm-hmm. obviously they had already rallied behind recovering from hurricane harvey yeah. but now they can rally behind this huge win and, and celebrate it and everything and um you know, I don't really watch baseball but i did watch game five it's, it's so funny it's like the one baseball game one World Series or MLB game that I watch on TV is probably the most exciting World Series or MLB game ever, um, or at least the one that I've ever watched because it's like the only one that I watched. And but, everyone was um, watching it. They stayed up late. Yeah, <laughs> I, and it was so funny. I was home with my parents and my brother, and I kept falling. We were all like in the living room falling asleep, mm-hmm. and I kept waking up to like cheers. <laughs> and I just remember distinctly being asleep, and then I'd wake up and like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and seeing people like running, and I'm cheering, and then I fall back asleep. Then I wake up like 30 minutes later, mm-hmm. game's still going on, so... It was really nice. It was fun to, to half watch. And be, able to be a part of that experience. <laughs> it was fun to be a part of that, yeah. But a lot of people are a little upset about one particular story that's around in the World Series. So Justin Verlander was engaged to Kate Upton, and for some reason their wedding was planned to be around this week. To think that the planning wasn't that accurate. Not to say you're going to predict that your team will make it to the World Series because that is a lot to put on one person and one team. But at the same time, don't you want to be prepared just in case that happens? So why would you plan your wedding around the weekend where you could potentially win a game that's important to you in your career? <laughs> yeah, maybe the venue was all booked up and this was the only weekend yeah, that they he, could get. They Who did knows? have to fly to Italy, which sounds super cute, but a yeah. lot of people are saying... Well, for one, I don't want to just throw divorce into the picture, but hypothetically speaking, if you end up getting a divorce with this woman, the one part of your career that was very important to you, because God knows if they'll win another World Series, 
you miss that entire parade on a Friday to be at a wedding that hopefully I'm because I hope I take marriage very seriously. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to oh, he's like in three years, marriage. you're going to regret not going to no, this. Parade. I don't want to throw any kind of. No, I'm not even trying to do that. But it, it's just the, the sentiment of you can get married anytime, but your World Series win that doesn't happen every single year. It's for some it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is true. I mean, I wonder how long ago they started planning this wedding and where he was whenever they were engaged. Well, he wasn't with the he Astros was, at okay. the time. So if you're going to a new team, you don't know what to expect right. when you're going to end up there. But at the same time, you want to make sure that yeah, I mean, you I plan think, for the proper situations. Right. In any case, especially with weddings, people tend to plan really, really yeah, far in advance. Yeah, you have to plan very know, far in advance. And if you're a professional athlete, plan outside of the season yeah kudos congratulations yeah (laughs) on both bad like shading the entire wedding i am very happy for the two of them and i really do hope it it works out for the best because celebrity marriages are really hard you got your whole relationship is in the spotlight and on top of the fact that you're fighting for your marriage you have to fight around the billions of people who don't even know you who are going to try to have an outside say so again congrats justin verlander kate upton Go do the thing, get married. Congrats, oh, well, Astros. Well, you are married, Astros. so congrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> congrats yeah. Get- to Houston. <laughs> have H- a baby. Town, stand up. <laughs> have, a, have a World Series baby. World Series baby. <laughs> so it was a fun note in the world of Major League Baseball, but the NFL is still continuing to give us a lot to talk about. I don't know how the – I haven't been playing as close, to, as close attention to the NFL season itself. Um, you know, outside of the protests and everything. As I, I feel would like, like to. it's been shadowed by the actual storylines. Not yeah. to say that the NFL football-wise is the greatest this year, but I think you hear more about the stories than who actually won last week because that's all everyone's talking about. And it's actually annoying. Yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> it, but it, so many people have been have not been able to detach on both on you know on both sides people who are upset about the protests have not been able to to just watch the game without thinking about some of the players that's true with an air of um you know d- disdain and saying god you're ruining this mm-hmm. and then some people haven't been able to to watch nfl games period because of what happened with colin kaepernick last year or what they you know and what they perceive as um the black his blackballing mm-hmm. being him being blackballed by the NFL um so i i agree you know there definitely is a, has been a shadow cast over the season hopefully by the time the super bowl runs around rolls around maybe something will have happened that will kind of change the narrative and um one of those things that could happen is that as Colin Kaepernick, the person who's representing him in the collusion case has brought up that he might get signed in the next 10 days that would be really interesting Maybe it'll shut down all the talk of speculation and maybe just end the case to begin with because we did mention a few weeks back that Colin Kaepernick was going to file the grievances against the NFL, and he actually did. So within this past week, it's been found out that the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, and several other owners, and I think at least two NFL executives, are going to be deposed in this case. They're, they're going to be looking for phone records, emails, anything that could criminalize them for what Colin Kaepernick is claiming right now, which would be really big because if it is found out that Roger Goodell is texting owners saying, 
yeah, I know you need a quarterback, but Colin Kaepernick should not be on your list of potentials, then there is going to be a serious issue. And Roger Goodell's position right now is already jeopardized because owners don't, it doesn't seem like they're on board with him at all. It sounds like from NFL meetings that some of the owners might be trying to get rid of him. So if it's proven that he was a part of this, they could just throw him under the bus and find a new commissioner. Hopefully with the, the, this doesn't have to get too messy. Is it as simple as someone just hire Colin Kaepernick? Maybe it, it is. Could it, it could be. And it could, it could have happened so, so It really, It really could. <laughs> it could be. And it could be then when Ka- if and when Kaepernick does step back onto the field, obviously it's very possible that the protest will not end. But it also is a big possibility that his performance is going to be what everyone cares about because – you spent all this time protesting. You spent all this time complaining. You spent all this time unemployed. Now that if you get your second chance, you need to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Like, you cannot have any flaws in your game, which is unfortunate that it's come to that, but that is the only thing that people will be talking about because that's what they were talking about when he was with the 49ers. Oh, you want to sit here and protest, but is it really just so you can overshadow the fact that your team is playing so poorly? And unfortunately enough, those weren't, I don't think those are two situations that he had hoped to be in, but that was a reality that your team isn't playing well and now you're trying to use these protests. Versus if a Tom Brady were to have some kind of protest or Aaron Rodgers or any kind of quarterback who not only has strong influence but can play really well, then the entire narrative would probably have been completely different. And people honestly may have been more receptive to it. I mean, that goes back to, we talked about this a few weeks ago, um to this sentiment that some people have that he just wasn't, it wasn't, some people don't feel like he's necessarily being blackballed as more of that he is, is expend, he's more expendable than some people like a Cam yeah. Newton or a Tom Brady, um, and Tom Brady is not black, but yeah. you know, it, this no, is know exactly what you were saying. It's a, the whole utilitarian thing of like, is he worth it? Mm-hmm. And so if he does get to come back, it would be definitely be his trans, chance to prove, yes, I'm worth it, mm-hmm. worth the trouble, essentially. I mean, you know, you hate to say worth the trouble, yeah, but, but the it, reality is that it, any kind of protest is not going to be convenient. So it will be considered trouble, which we've talked about. Okay, stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reality. So it looks like on top of Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, Bob McNair, all of them are a few of the owners that could be drawn into this case. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the the owner of the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's messy. It's going to be messy. It always has been. But... The, again, that's the reality of protests and situations that are bigger than yourself because I knew, again, we say this every week, Cap had to have known what he signed up for, but it wasn't going to be easy, and it still isn't easy. Mm-hmm. And he's he stuck with it, um, and that is that, that I it proves his dedication mm-hmm. and his and it proves again him knowing what he was getting into and knowing what was at stake for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wonder if he feels sort of a vengeance. He has to, of course. Um, of you know, not only proving, seeking to prove that the NFL blackballed him, but also hopefully getting getting back on the field yeah. um, in his eyes and maybe seeking to to prove like. Like we said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm worth it. I can play in the mm-hmm. field as well. I'm sure every day he's been in the gym more than once. Yeah. 
who knows just grinding hopefully that would be the most logical thing to be doing but mm-hmm. and we'll I mean, i'm sure he's been talking to some of his his peers in the nfl of as well like a number of them have spoken up and backed him um and, and he may have some allies among the ownership the ownership of I, the team i would well. hope so but i mean you look at the the Seahawks were at one point considering him. The Ravens were publicly courting him, but then it turned out that they didn't want to take him. So it looked like he did have allies. Like Pete Carroll was a big fan of his, but the head coach of the Seahawks. But to think that you had at least two teams that were interested and something fell through that you couldn't get signed. That is a big old question mark. There it's is a very big question mark. Hopefully that question mark will be answered Soon. in the coming weeks or yeah before Maybe the nfl we'll season just... ends yeah <laughs> yes still related to the nfl we have papa john now getting all caught up in the mix of what we keep hearing about the ratings are low mm-hmm. the nfl is tanking no one wants to watch it and that's being uh john schnatter the ceo of papa john yes yeah. so- who is Papa John. Exactly. <laughs> so recently he said that the NFL leadership has hurt Papa John's shareholders. The NFL has been a long valued partner over the years, but we're certainly disappointed that the NFL and its leadership did not resolve the ongoing situation to the satisfaction of all parties long ago, which keyword all parties long ago, you can't satisfy everyone. So I'm not exactly sure what he means by everyone should have been satisfied by the anthem anthem protest because that was not going to happen. This should have been nipped in the bud a year and a half ago. So he publicly stating that the NFL is the reason why pizza sales are low. Everyone has someone that they can blame for their own issues. And now it's come to the point where pizza is becoming a part of this issue. And this week he had to also tell white supremacists that he doesn't want them buying their pizza because now white supremacists are saying that Papa John's is the official pizza for them, which is ridiculous to think that for him saying that the anthem protests are causing him to not have good sales for the KKK to pick that up and say, oh, now we have an official pizza because this means that this man is, I mean, he clearly is against the anthem protest because it's hurting him and his pockets. But at the same time, for some reason, now they all want to jump on board and say this pizza is officially sponsored by us. It's just a mess. It is. I want to know if he came out with any statistics um, that his sale, like, where is the the proof that that there is a correlation between the protests and what are ha- is happening with his sales? I know, like, some... Um, or at least DiGiorno, another pizza company, frozen pizza company, not delivery, but they said they had tweeted um a pizza they were like us and it was a pizza emoji and then a graph going up and then them and it was a pizza emoji with a graph oh, going down. oh i did see that they yeah were and, um, on twitter yes such so so such trolls but it's funny <laughs> but uh, you know i wonder is there a correlation you know i would like it would be nice for Jean Schnatter to come out and say where he's getting well, to just give us the numbers. So yeah, I want to <laughs> see the exact numbers, but it did say that according to the New York Business Journal that he complained about in-game pizza sales and said that those sales had decreased decreased this season. So Is just the, because maybe the pizza's just or- not good anymore. Hey, hey check your check your. <laughs> I mean, I do like Papa John's. Papa John's is. is- Papa John's has been one of my favorites as well. But to think that he's getting all caught up in this political mess just for his own sales. 
And it turned out he shot himself in the foot this week because his sales went tanked even lower this week after his comments. Right. So sometimes it really isn't worth you saying something if you, one, haven't shown us the numbers and given the evidence, but two, realize who you're attacking when you say something like that. And getting the problem is that people always look at the money, but can you look at this issue and see who's going to be affected and who's going to potentially boycott your business after you make comments like that? And that's what he had to realize this week that people aren't a fan of. And, and it's funny because you saw black Twitter come out and say they love Papa John's, but they're not about this right now. They're right. going to have to take a, a hold and see what he comes out and says. Right. And I mean, it, it, this in this day and age, a lot of people are really looking at, um, you know, the companies and the businesses and the, the brands that they support and mm-hmm. really starting to align those with certain ideal, ideals. And it go, I mean, it goes back to this whole thing of everything is becoming politicized yep. and from sports to food now. And, you know, it is unfortunate because it almost in so many ways... I understand that you have to make sure that what the things that you're putting your money to aligns with your values, certainly. And if it's something that is clearly wrong, like, no, you definitely shouldn't be supporting that. Um, And in this case, I don't know that this is necessarily what is happening, but it does. But I don't know. I mean, it seems that... I guess, like, who who do we have to hold to these standards? Is it everyone in a leadership position? Potentially, if we, honestly, is if we it, did that though, we wouldn't buy anything. We wouldn't own food. Yeah, because there's so much going on. And Everyone's this is, going to be racist, sexist, have some kind of skeleton in their closet that's not going to be reflective of someone's personal belief. So, if I were to boycott every single chain that I go to, then I wouldn't be able to do my own thing and live my life because I wouldn't be able to eat, wouldn't be able to clothe myself, wouldn't be able to drive to work. It, that's the reality of it. So it, it comes to the point where you have to pick your battles and say, I'm really not on board for what Papa John says. And that's something that I can live without. Like, I don't need to order pizza every week. So that's the protest that I'm going to, the form of protest that I'm going to participate in. But for some people, something as simple as pizza may not be the thing that they're willing to boycott. And it actually goes back to Jamel's tweets a few weeks ago that we talked about that if you're really upset and you strongly believe about something, then one, you're going to have to put your personal comforts on the line and say, I'm willing to fight for this. I'm willing to boycott it. And that's mm-hmm. obviously what Kaepernick had to do, ended up losing his job for it. But us as people, as citizens, him protesting is enough if other people aren't willing to get on board with either his cause or whatever other cause that they're really passionate mm-hmm. about. Because we say we're passionate about things, but we're not backing up our word to actions. And that's mm-hmm. the key to any kind of change, showing that you're physically invested in this. That's so true. I mean, and even, because you, you, you look at people in, um, who wear Nikes all the time. Yeah. You know, like. And you hear about the child a, shops Yeah, and it's China. like, so none of these people, or at least most of these people would probably not come out and say, yeah, I support you know, child labor, or not child, not abusive child labor, but But, dangerous child child labor, labor. but they will buy Nikes and they'll drop that $200 very quickly after sitting in line for five hours. Totally. (laughs) And it's like, you know, so if the CEO of Nike were to come out and say something about their sales dropping, because I wonder how many people would stop buying Nike, you know? Mm. And so I, I don't know, I guess I kind of always 
look at this and really question and really am waiting to see what is something that is really going to move the needle for people or what are the things that move the needle for people and it's different for every person for some people it's okay um you know when chick-fil-a came out and said things about lgbt issues there's so many people who swore off chick-fil-a there are a lot of people i know who people didn't. who have yeah. yeah i do too i eat chick-fil-a i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know the chicken, the chicken is it's good. Chicken is, is flame. It's delicious. Um, can you make someone be wholeheartedly for LGBT issues? Not should you is one thing, should but you force but can your you? views on someone mm-hmm. else? Yeah. And um, and especially because it's a religious organization. I mean, I we could go on and on about this. There's so many different examples, but it is. I think what it comes down to is just people noting what what they're willing to sacrifice for what they believe in. And we have we have examples of people who have done that and who are convicted enough to know what they're willing to sacrifice. Um, we have some people who are still working on it, and that's okay because it can vary from time to time. You never know what you might need when you might need it. You never know who your your you know your favorite brand, the CEO of your favorite brand. You never know what they're going to come out and say, and you have already built this brand loyalty with them. And all of a sudden, in the same way that people have built a loyalty to the NFL, and all of a sudden. Oh, can't watch it anymore, but I like still kind of want to watch it. You know, this it's, it's just happens all the time. That's so true. We'll see how this continues to develop, but the reality is if you want to fight for it, you got to fight for it. I don't really have that much else to talk about. What happened to you this week? Like I said, I was at home Tuesday. What did that do on Tuesday? I came back to work. Oh, I went to a really good spoken word event the other night, and it was, um, I will say that the room was the most diverse room I've ever been in. Well, maybe it, it was the most black room I've ever been in Boston, and mm. there definitely wasn't, wasn't just black people there, but it was... Um, was it in Roxbury? It was in, no, it was over on Northern Avenue, Avenue which where is, is like kind of near the seaport. You know where the oh, yeah, pavilion, Blue Hills Bank... Pavilion. I know where the seaport is. Okay, it's over near there, and it was um, an amazing event. This photographer named Jordan, whose last name I can't remember, had gone around Boston taking pictures of strangers, and the exhibit was called "Strangers in Boston: oh, All Black and like, White Photos." Like the real people of New York, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like like humans of New York. Yeah, and um, it was dope. I mean, they had like all the, like they did spoken word. There was an open mic. It was an open mic event, but they had people lined up too and they had live music and everybody was just so like, oh, like, hey, queen. That's like, interesting. Forget- yeah, and I was like- The whole artsy community. Yeah, it was the whole like, yeah, like black arts community. Um, you know, I felt, and I, there's kind of this wave of that now, I feel like. I mean, there's always been there, obviously, but I think there's this new kind of sense of, Like, we're really starting to embrace blackness in all its different forms and really starting to say, okay, like, people have so many different experiences, so many different black experiences. And you have women who, like, there was this one woman got up and did a poem. She was talking about, I am not your queen. Her name is Venus, Black Venus. And I think Venus is spelled V3NUS. Wait, did she have Afro? Yeah. You might know her. She wasn't wearing glasses that night. Oh, my goodness. I think it was Ashley Pruitt. I'm gonna, show, I'm gonna find her on Instagram, but she was dope. She like, yes, yeah, that's Black her. Venus, yeah. She's so dope. <laughs> she went to BC with me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. She, she like, she was killing it. Yes. She was killing it, and I loved. That's always been her like 
aura, just poetry, music. She's such an artsy spirit. (laughs) Yeah, it's everywhere. And I go to these events every now and then. And that's the first one I've been to like that in Boston. But I've been to places and uh, and things like that in other cities. And it's this, they're out there. And it's people who I think have really been able to find themselves and haven't, and you haven't, maybe in the past didn't necessarily align with what we thought blackness was, Mm -hmm. you know, but had finally emerged as what they are as just these these artists mm-hmm. and these engineers and these like awkward black people yeah. like we should have ashley on now that yeah we should we should have her come on because you mentioned her her poem i'm not your queen so yeah. what was the essence of the poem for me it was interpreted as you know i am not here for other people's pleasure mm. and even though you might call me queen sometimes that's you just kind of validating that you're a gentleman yeah which is still wow. problematic that like and still you know still objectifying me in so many ways and it's and you know and, and she she spoke to you know being vulnerable and being being weak and she's like i don't have to be a strong black woman all the time because i have these weak moments now this is not her verbatim but this is kind of what i got from it is like i am weak i am not a lady all the time and that's okay because i'm who i am and i'm not your queen i'm not your definition of what a queen is supposed to be i'm who i am that's beautiful but like she said even though she said a black woman are allowed to be weak technically speaking we're not allowed to be weak which is the reality and for her to be able to verbalize that is so true because mm-hmm. so much is expected of the black woman we already are at the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. and in any industry you always see the one of us or the two of mm-hmm. us or the tokens and mm-hmm. to think like that's so true like i don't want to have to be well vulnerable for one but have to have that chip on my shoulder but the reality is that i'm going to have that chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. all the time but we're not allowed to. It's the same as like you think about mothers. If there are two mother, like if a mom wants to stay at home and take care of her children, then it's like you need to go out and work and be ambitious. But then if a woman goes out, goes to work and she's really ambitious and she's really assertive, then she's labeled as bossy or as the B word, you know? Mm-hmm. And like it's it, it's kind of like what, double bind. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't I can't do too much of one or the other. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with black women. Like if I. If you're too aggressive, then you run the risk of someone calling you the angry yeah, black you woman. You fall right into the cliche. Yeah. But the thing is, a black woman's anger could be as subdued as a white woman's anger, but it will still be considered an angry black woman because we just fall into that cliche. If you're not smiling all the time, mm-hmm. then for some reason mm-hmm. you're always angry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's how people see women, all women. You know, as it, women are expected to smile, expected to be nice, and expected to be graceful you know and when they're not it's like, a problem yeah you're why not. aren't you smiling yeah because i don't want to smile at you right now you're you're one your cat calling me on the street you're a stranger so why should i be smiling yeah yeah why like, are you expecting that of me exactly because i wouldn't walk up to a man and, and say like, why are you not smiling shorty like no yeah, that doesn't happen <laughs> it doesn't it really doesn't and i don't know i mean we geez i have feminist theory is one of my favorite things to explore and just I read something today too so I was a Girl Scout for like 12 years Mm -hmm. and I read this article by the Girl Scouts of America or of the USA and they were talking about this holiday season don't make your little girl go hug people 
when they give them gifts or like don't no don't tell the girl you know like you need to go give so and so a hug you need to go like let them be affectionate towards you and like kind of giving girls at a young age body autonomy and that and that's yeah. something you don't even think about it's like deep. yeah because it's like whoa and and they're like you can't you shouldn't make the girl go do something she's not sure she wants to go do. And it's as simple as hugging a relative, you know? <laughs> like That's crazy. But you never know what kind of, what thoughts that's planting into... Um, Her subconscious yes. because of it. Yeah, and what and what she's going to grow up thinking, like, I'm supposed to I be hugging to hug someone people. every time they do mm-hmm. something for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have to... <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I never oh, thought of it Jesus. like that. Jesus. And I think that feeds into why everything that's been happening with this Me Too thing the past couple of weeks has been happening. And if he women, wants to touch me, then I guess yes, it's okay. Yes, And I, oh, I shouldn't speak up. Or, oh, maybe that wasn't that bad. Because what that, that also shows because he had the power anyway. And most of these women were in situations where the male was a star. If You, you can't scar his good name because then you're going to be the one that everyone throws on their bus because you don't want your Bill Cosby's, your Harvey Weinstein's to be their name and their legacy to be disrupted. So this woman has to go because we need these men to stay as untouchable as we they could possibly be, which isn't fair at all. Mm-hmm. The things that are expected out of women. And so that, that Me Too campaign was interesting to think about because... So there was a hashtag on Twitter, and I think it was started over a year ago, where a woman just started the hashtag Me Too to show that she had also been a victim of sexual harassment. And for most people, sexual harassment, you think about it, and it's physical. It's like, he touched me somewhere he shouldn't have. But people forget that there's also the verbal aspect of sexual harassment, too. And if you really sat down and thought about it, you'd realize that every single woman has gone through and been a victim of sexual harassment because there are men out there all the time who think it's okay to just say things inappropriately to women. Women, they don't know. Like I mentioned catcalling on the street. I was in New York a few days ago and I like at least 10 minutes walking, I had 10 guys like hollering me out of car, whistling, trying to talk to me. I'm just like, what makes you think that that's a proper way to address a woman? Like even if you were genuinely interested in someone and you saw them on the street, there is a respectable way to approach a woman, and none of them figured out how to do that, which is ridiculous. And if you say something, or if they're caught on on it, it becomes this like, well, I mean, it was just, oh, I was just playing, you know? I exactly. Was just she innocent. take everything too seriously. <laughs> just like you guys, you guys. Which there is a fine line of being able to take a joke, because I I could take a joke. I think a lot of times, like especially working with men, like there are going to be jokes that are like. Uh, you got to just let that one roll off your back. And for the most part, my coworkers in particular have never made anything that said or done anything where I felt uncomfortable. But I can also see there being places where women are the minority in their workplaces and men get a little too comfortable to the point where they aren't offending people. And I pray that I never have to be in that kind of situation. But that's the reality of any industry that you're in because men are always the majority. And at the end of the day, they have that power. They can say what they want. They're untouchable. Power is an interesting part of this. Right. Power and yeah. why people why people feel like they have power and why how men automatically gain have power. Like it's a patriarchal society, oh, so that's obviously why <laughs> that's how it works out. Oh, the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. I know we always end on a depressing note, but I do have an inspiring <laughs> note. I went to GMA Good Morning America on Thursday, which 
was a phenomenal experience. I actually got to shadow Robin Roberts' producer for an hour in the nice. back or in the control room. It was just, it was, there was such an adrenaline rush. And when I was following up with them later, I was saying how it was kind of like a career vacation for me because I think a lot of times people get caught up in their workflow and you get, you start to get caught up in going through the motions to the point where you forget what your dream is or what you're inspired by and what you actually are working towards. And sometimes getting stuck, not stuck in a negative sense, but just being so caught up in your workflow at your job, you forget that there are other things out there. So it was cool for me to be able to go to GMA and see the, they're like a whole new level of perfectionist when it comes to television and to watch them do what they do in the moment, catching mistakes, going through with mistakes, because the reality is at any level that you're in any career, you're going to make mistakes. And I thought it was perfect that I was shadowing on a day where there were two mistakes on air, but as much as the producers, executive producers could have and wanted to, and may have freaked out about it. The reality is that no one that's watching TV noticed it. I'm sure no one noticed it because the things that we get caught up on are things that like, it'll be a wrong graphic, but if the graphic is still related to the actual show, then don't like the topic at hand, people aren't going to notice. Oh, they forgot to put their second graphic up. I'm never watching them again. But the one thing I took away was just patience along with needing to be able to see what the highest level of perfection could be. I think a lot of times people forget to enjoy their journey as well because mm. for me I know every like every few months I get itchy like all right I know I'm blessed to be in a top 10 media market in a great sports city at this moment but I'm still not where I want to be so what am I doing wrong like why am I not where I need to be and people will remind me like calm down like you had these great internships you have a great job and at your age at this level in your career this is unheard of to be in this market most of my peers, most of our friends, as you know, are in smaller markets, still mm -hmm. trying to work their way up. And here I am already at one of these top markets. So as much as I may not be doing exactly what I want to at the moment, just as they're working towards what they want to do in their small markets, perfecting their on-air craft, I may not be doing my on-air thing yet, but I'm still perfecting my craft because I am with people that have been in the industry for years. So it's like, you win some, you lose some, but you're still learning. And I think as long as you're enjoying that journey and realizing, yes, I have an end goal in mind and I'm not going to become complacent, but I need to enjoy this journey so that when I get to where I am, I'm going to be prepared because I was able to successfully accomplish all the obstacles that came my way throughout that journey. It's powerful. I know. And I learned that all on a 24 hour trip. I was exhausted. I was at the TD garden until maybe midnight ended up going to South Station at 1 a.m. for my bus. What? Bus got to New York at 5 a.m. 5 a.m., I get, I'm like like roaming around New York and I have to be there at 6.50 and I'm like, I need somewhere to like change. So I go into the hotel and I was like, can I check out a room for like an hour just so I can change? And the security guard is looking at me like, who is this idiot? Like, what is wrong with her? But the guy next to him, he was like, come with me, come with me. So he takes me to the manager of the hotel and the, hotel, the manager's like, so what do you need to do? <laughs> and I explained, like, I'm going to visit GMA in a few. Like, I just need to fix my hair and change my clothes. And he was like, oh, that's no problem. He takes me to, like, one of the public restrooms and just lets mm. me use the bathroom. To think that there are good people as well in the world that will, you know, not know you from anywhere and just take you up. And, like, even with the hotel situation, me visiting GMA, mm -hmm. they didn't know me from anywhere, but they took me in and just let me shadow them. It's good to know there are good people in the world because some days it can 
feel like there aren't <laughs> that's so true and i think and it's good too to have those experiences kind of these like struggling experiences Seriously. but where you that force you to kind of get outside your box and say and make the most out of the situation and say okay i have 24 hours to make this work um let me just kind of wing it you just and, gotta go with it yeah and i you mean can't you complain hear, right don't have time for that right and you hear so many stories this wasn't as extreme as your experience wasn't as extreme as this but you hear so many stories of people like sleeping in their cars mm-hmm. and they wake up and go do whatever they have to do yeah. every day just so they can get you know a step forward and knowing that the sacrifices that they're making at the moment are only temporary um, and that it's going to get them where they need to be. I enjoy those things. I mean, this, they're hard. And I, but I, and I think, like, being young makes me obviously have more energy to do stuff like that and be more willing to say, okay, I'm going to hop on a bus to D.C. and just ride all night, and then I'll be there in the morning. Like, and just do what I have to do then. But it's fun. And you meet people along the way. I remember I was going to, was it New York? No, I was going to D.C. at the beginning of October. And the bus, as, this was like a movie. The bus... Um, it was Greyhound. That's what I was. I rode Greyhound. It was people. Greyhound. The bus was delayed for like three hours, and then they said, actually, oh. it's not coming at all tonight. So, Oh, my goodness. But then that night, so there was like me and four other people, and we were all supposed to go on this bus to New York. And then, so then the Chinese bus company, I think oh, it's Lucky Star. One. Oh, so Lucky Star, yeah. yeah they, it goes, it's the Chinatown Express bus, and they were the only one they had. Their next, next bus was leaving at 2 a.m., so we all bought tickets yeah, for that. And then yeah. we went to a bar and, like, sat around and talked. And it was such a strange like night but it was one of those nights where you're just like i am just gonna go with whatever happens Mm -hmm. um and i made it to dc eventually (laughs) but it's just you know it's stuff like that you need moments like that to touch your character yeah to humble you (laughs) yeah that too because i I think if we get it too easy then we're like oh it's it's always gonna be Mm -hmm. that easy but something as simple as not making your bus and realizing you had to be there Mm -hmm. makes you you figure it out you have to wing it or you're not gonna be there and you're just gonna miss out on the opportunity exactly if you have to walk from (laughs) d DC to New York, yeah. then do it. Yeah. Which I hope that's never the case, but Oof. times like that really, really teach you some lessons. This was a good pod. Yeah, this was, we did not expect to go down this road, yeah, but I we did. ending on a happy, inspiring <laughs> note in my next life, or well, in this life, I hope to inspire people and yeah. do some motivational speaking, but that's when I get a little further down my journey. Right, right, right. <laughs> Thank you guys as usual for listening i hope you have finally subscribed we're on itunes and google pray google pray google pray for us but (laughs) if you haven't yet please subscribe on itunes or google play and we're still on soundcloud so if you like soundcloud better then go ahead and follow us there official rev pod we out deuces